the series has been Let's Talk, and so we've gotten to discuss what the Bible says about how we speak to each other, how we speak to God, um, how we listen to God, um, and all about our words. The Bible talks about our words all the time. Um, so last week, Amanda talked about speaking life, um, and she said that we do that by speaking truth, by speaking encouragement, and speaking forgiveness, compassion, and kindness into each other's lives. Um, and today, we're going to pick up where Amanda left off last week in Ephesians chapter 5, um, and we're going to discuss the idea of impropriety um, and how God has called us to be appropriate and intentional with the way that we talk. Um, so Bible passers, go ahead and come on down. If you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand, and we'll hand one out to you. If you don't have a Bible, please take this one home. We want you to have a Bible. Um, so raise your hand if you need a Bible. And as you're doing that, I'm going to pray for us. Lord God, thanks so much that we can be here tonight, um, gather together and, and hear from you and worship together and um, just just grow closer to you, Lord. So would you be opening our ears and our minds? Would you be speaking to us, Spirit, um, through your word this evening? Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, okay. So impropriety. Raise your hand if you have heard this word before or, like, know what it means. That's more than I thought. Okay. I didn't know about this name, till I, this word, till I went to college. Um, and it, so impropriety, the definition is a failure to observe standards or show due modesty um, or improper language, behavior, or character. Um, so it's this idea that there is a set expectations um, a set of expectations for what is appropriate language, behavior, and character. Appropriate is probably the most helpful word that I could think of when, when trying to describe propriety. We're all pretty aware of some cultural standards of appropriate language and behavior, right? I'm sure some examples are coming to your mind right now even. So for example, um, little six-year-old me, it was inappropriate of me to go number two right in the middle of my front yard. <laughs> Maybe if I had been a couple years younger, it would have been more reasonable or, okay, you can get by with that. But I was six years old. I knew better than to do that. And so it was to be expected that our neighbor would call my parents and ask, do you know that your child is defecating on your front lawn? Because like a good neighbor, um, she called... <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> she called to our attention that I was not acting to the standards expected of me. So she was a good neighbor. Most of us have been taught, or at least are aware, that there are certain expectations put on us for how we speak or behave. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. How and why are we to be appropriate in the way that we speak? So Amanda was teaching um, out, out of the end of Ephesians last week about this idea that there's a distinct difference between the old self before we follow Jesus and the new self that is created in us as we follow Jesus. There's an image given of walking in darkness versus walking in light. Um, and our, there's also language of, of putting off your old self and putting on a new self. Ephesians chapter 4, 22 through 24, Paul says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, 
and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. God is asking us to turn from our ways of doing things and to start living in the ways that he calls us to. Because as we do things his way, as we do things his way, it brings life and love and light to the world. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5. That's what we're going to be studying tonight. Okay, Ephesians chapter 5. It's kind of long, so bear with me. Read with me. <clears throat> Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that, that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the first thing that I want to propose to you is that we are not called to the standard of our culture, but to the standard God calls us to as children of light. He says, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. There's a call here to live differently than the way we did before we knew Jesus. Before knowing Jesus, we only subscribed to the standards of appropriateness expected of us from the culture around us. That's where we got this standard, right? And on many points, these do align with God's standards. Our country was founded on Christian ideals, and there's still traces of that. And I think that in general, we all have a pretty good sense of what's right and wrong, right? But Paul says in chapter 4 that we are corrupted by our own selfish desires that deceive us. The world's expectations of morality and appropriateness are corrupted and deceived. That is why Paul is so fervently calling us to put on this new self, to walk in the light. And, but this is kind of a process, isn't it? 
I'll be the first to admit that the Lord is redeeming my mind from what it was before. And he's redeeming my humor and the way all that works. Um, and that's why I will no longer play the game Quiplash. <laughs> this is a game that, that forces you to remove your filters because there's like a time limit and you, you have to try and be the funniest one. And so you, you say whatever comes to your mind, first, first thing that comes to your mind to try and be funny. Um, and I've learned that I really need those filters. <laughs> My mind is not fully redeemed. And the things that I think are funny, there are there's still traces of, of inappropriateness and, um, yeah, the way my mind was before Christ, right? Um, so I need those filters. So I'm not going to play that game anymore. And I, I apologize and I repent to the SBO team I led last year for the inappropriate comments I made in that game. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, so God calls us to walk in the light. Not so that we can hold it over non-believers in a snooty, I act more proper than you way, right? But as we shine the light of Christ through the way that we talk, we share the love, life, and truth that comes from Christ. I'm going to say that again. As we shine the light of Christ through the way that we talk, we share the love, life, and truth that comes from Christ. As we stand out from the culture around us, we point directly to the source of love, life, and truth. And we expose the corruption and poisoning that Satan is imposing on the world around us. Some good friends of mine recently brought up the idea that we often think by acting more like the culture around us in ways like cussing, for example, we open up more opportunity to share the gospel with non-Christians. And I think that's a great point. Because um, I'm sure that it does make certain non-Christians more comfortable with us um, when we cuss or when we go along with their dirty jokes or things like that. And even in, uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. But I don't see Jesus giving up his standards of appropriate speaking when he does his ministry. Jesus spent a lot of his time hanging out with sinners and sailors and people that I'm pretty sure were inappropriate in course. He didn't judge them or show them less love for the way that they acted, but I'm sure he didn't join them in their coarse joking or inappropriate language. He never changed the standard at which he behaved and talked, and he stood out from the culture he was in. And by doing so, he shined light into their lives and called them to follow him in living to a higher standard. <clears throat> so what about you? Does the appropriateness of your speech change based on the people that you're with? How does it change? <coughs> Think through that. Um, and as you're thinking, let's turn, let's look back at verse 14 in chapter 5. Because um, we're going to look at three types of inappropriate talk that Paul kind of lays out for us um, when it comes to impropriety. <coughs> so, verse 14. Oh, it's not verse 14, huh? Four. 
Thanks, Will. It's verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. So that's what we're going to talk about. The, that first um, type of inappropriate talk is obscenity or filthiness. Now, obscenity is defined as offensive or disgusting by accepted standards of morality and decency. And remember, the standard that of that morality is not of our culture, but the standard God calls to us to as children of light. Are the things that we are saying, um, do they represent what God is about? If you look back to the verse, the surrounding verses around that talk about sexual immorality and impurity. So I think it's pretty safe to, s- to assume that obscene and filthy language includes language that doesn't line up with God's view of sexuality or purity. And so this includes how we talk about people of the opposite sex. Are we commenting on their looks or objectifying them to our friends, catcalling or, inappropri- or saying inappropriate sexual comments, or even just talking about sexual or immoral things in a way that doesn't reflect God's view of them? Verse 11 and 12 says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Paul says, have nothing to do with these things. But a lot of times as humans, it feels kind of exciting to think about or talk about things that are taboo or off limits, doesn't it? We think that as long as we don't do it, we can think or talk about it. We love that shock factor, right? Or we love the intrigue of, did you hear what so-and-so did? Or you won't believe what I saw on this show. So crazy. Um, and, and we love to know or to tell every gory detail. And I was trying to think about why. Why, why are we so intrigued by these things? Um, and I think maybe it has something to do with because we know that they're bad or off limits to us. And so when we hear or tell stories, um, we get a taste of that freedom um, or what it, that freedom or what it would be like to experience it without actually experiencing it. And maybe we do it for the reaction sometimes, too, telling those stories. Uh, so some examples of that I was thinking about. Um, drugs and alcohol um, and what happens to people when they misuse them. So like telling stories of parties and what people did when they were high or smashed. We think it's so funny and so interesting. And our culture really celebrates those kind of stories, doesn't it? Um, also talking about sexual promiscuity or immorality. Um, talking about violent acts um, and, and watching them in movies or video games. Um, and also talking about people's failures and shocking stories. These are some of the things that, that we get intrigued by talking about. But why, why is that so wrong? I think mostly because it doesn't promote life or light. And it's very unfruitful. It doesn't lead to any, any growth for anyone. Um, it kind of does the opposite, right? Kind of, You kind of get a taste of, of these things, as my grandpa would say. What's your whistle? Right? <laughs> Gives you a curiosity. Um, and so th- there's a reason it says this verse, um, right in between the verses about exposing evil and unrighteousness and unfruitful things to the light. Because there is a proper way to expose these things that leads to godly repentance and growth. Melissa talked about that a few weeks ago, um, about coming to a person individually and calling them to repentance and life with you. 
Exposing doesn't mean telling everyone all the gory details um, of a person or a person's unrighteous acts. This not only hurts the person that did the act, but it exposes others to the intrigue of thinking about these unrighteous acts. Um, so, for example, like some, some people um, in, in college, I would get excited about like certain topics and like really study them or watch um, watch documentaries about them and, and stuff like uh, um, serial killers one week. I, I like was just fascinated by that. But it's such a, a dark and and dangerous place to to in look into, right? It takes you to to a dark and dangerous place um, of immoral things, and and it was dangerous for me to expose myself to those kinds of things. And I think Satan really uses the intrigue and curiosity of things like this to cause us to stumble into sin and inappropriate thoughts. So we really need to be careful, um, and we really need to be careful not only with like what we're researching, but also in the movies that we watch, in the television that we watch, in the games that we play. Because um, being exposed to these things um, really does invite us to think on them further, right? We get exposed to them. We, it wets our whistle, as my grandpa would say. Um, and, w- and we have this curiosity, this natural curiosity to follow that through. Um, and that can lead to, to a lot of dangerous, sinful um, habits, right? So some other examples of filthy talk that um, he might be talking about or talk that doesn't line up with God's heart or morality. Um, Things like racial slurs or any language that perpetuates hate um, or any language that speaks down to the value of a person or a group of people. Um, Other things might be obscenities and cursing, insults, violent language or threats. Even in jest, these things don't represent God or shine his light. And, and I think when thinking of these things, a, a good rule of thumb would be, it's kind of corny, but it's true. Would, would you speak these things to Jesus himself? If Jesus was in front of you, would you be talking this way to him or around him? So which of these um, filthy, filthy talk examples do you struggle with? What things do you struggle with with really shining God's heart and, and morality towards things? I think, um, yeah, I think it's important to, n- to note that um, movies and TV shows um, and the music that we listen to is, is really important to be aware of, too. <coughs> so the number two, the, f- the next, um, sorry, I guess. Um, so the next thing that, that Paul mentions is foolish talk. Foolishness is lacking good sense or wisdom or judgment, lacking discretion. And foolishness is really just not thinking before you speak. I think it really comes down to that. James one nineteen says, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Um, I, for one, tend to say some pretty stupid things when I don't think of before I talk. My, my, my wife, Maggie, can attest to that, right, Maggie? Um, yeah. Um, and I can tell you, I can't tell you how many conflicts that we've had could have been avoided if I had just taken a second to think about what I was saying and how it impacted her. Sometimes the things that we say aren't particularly inappropriate in themselves, 
but rather the time and place that they're said is not appropriate. Or um, words, uh, foolishness can also be words that are uninformed, unintelligent, or purposeless. Um, so sometimes there's people that kind of just talk to hear themselves talk. I get this in a lot of um, political conversations, um, and I, I've fallen into this too sometimes, right? Don't really know what I'm talking about, but I'm just talking. <laughs> That's not helpful. That's not good. Um, but rather, let, let what you say be intentional and purposeful. And then the third thing that Paul um, points out is coarse joking. I think humor is, is often an area of our speech that we have a lot harder time being appropriate with, right? All the humor that we see in our culture is pretty inappropriate. Dirty jokes, filthy humor are all over. Um, 90% of the comedians that you hear um, cuss every couple sentences, um, and sex is the most common topic that they talk about. Um, I, th I think another way that we can be inappropriate in our humor is by tearing, tearing down others. It's so natural and common for us to make jokes at someone else's expense. Um, one, one form of this is sarcasm. Um, a form of humor that we don't often think as, of as hurtful or inappropriate. But if you think about it, sarcasm almost always makes someone feel demoralized or less intelligent, even if it's yourself. Um, <laughs> I had a housemate in Bellingham named Michael, and he called us out. He called our house out for the way that we were joking, the way we were talking to each other, um, and the sarcasm that we that we were using with each other. Um, and he he called it scarcasm, which is super corny, but it worked. It like stuck because um, whenever we we would start joking and and poking fun at each other in ways that were pretty hurtful. Um, we'd just yell out, scarcasm, and then he's like, ah, all right, yeah, you got me. Um, <laughs> so think, think about your own joking. Is it, is it appropriate? Are you putting down others in the way that you try and get laughs? Um, and what is your reaction to inappropriate joking? I think it's not just what we are saying and, and the jokes that we're telling, but how are you reacting to inappropriate joking? Are you going along with it? Are you laughing along to, to a dirty joke? Um, or are you, are you calling that out or removing yourself from that? Um, to say, ha, I, don't think, I don't think that's very appropriate. I don't think that kind of talk is good. I don't really want to be a part of that. How do we avoid impropriety in our speech? Well, I have three, three things to ask yourself. And the first is, is it loving? Verse 2 says, walk in love. Is what you're saying loving the person that you're speaking it to? Are you thinking before you speak? The next is, is it fruitful? Verse 9, it says, For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Are the words that you're saying encouraging or building up the person you're saying them to? Does it lead them to growth 
or to goodness or to truth. And third, does it shine Christ's light? Verses 8 to 10 say, At one time you were darkness, but now you are light. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Does what you're saying line up with God's heart and what he's about? Are you standing out by the words that you're saying? Are you standing out from the culture around you? And are you pointing people to Jesus in that? Um, worship team can start coming up. Um, but as as we close, I just want um, you guys to turn to someone that you're sitting around um, and just think, just share with each other. Maybe one one of the ways, one of the things we talked about that you you feel the Lord really calling you to change the way that you talk, whether it's the, the humor, the jokes that you tell, or um, talking just to talk or inappropriate talk. <laughs>